Opinions expressed on ACB Radio are those of the respective program contributors and cannot be assumed to serve as endorsements of products or views of the American Council of the Blind, its elected officials, or its staff. Welcome to Speaking Out for the Blind. I'm Brian McKellen. We all want to learn independent living and career skills, but what if we're too far away from a school or agency for the blind? The Hadley Institute for the Blind and Visually Impaired brings these resources to you. Hadley's mission, quote, is to create personalized learning opportunities that empower people to thrive at home, at work, and in their communities, end quote. Here to talk about the Hadley Institute for the Blind and Visually Impaired is Julie Tai. She is Hadley Institute for the Blind's president. Welcome to the show, Julie. Thank you, Brian. Thank you for having me. How did you speak out to become Hadley's president? It was kind of a coincidence. Uh, It was sort of an accident. My background is in not-for-profit management. I have a master's degree from Kellogg in Northwestern, where I specialized in hospital and healthcare administration. So I spent the first part of my career as a hospital and human services administrator. And then I moved into the child welfare field. I worked for an agency actually close to Hadley called The Cradle. And I worked there for 23 years. And it just so happened that one day I was having a conversation with one of uh, my board members at The Cradle. And he and I are of the same age. And we were talking about how much more time do we have in our careers and what what are we going to do with the last 10 years or so? And I was telling him, I said, Joel, I think I either have to make a decision to stay here at the cradle for the next 10 years, or if, if I'm going to leave, I have to leave now. And he said, the Hadley Institute is looking for a new president. And I said, really? And to be honest, I didn't know a great deal about Hadley. I certainly knew of Hadley, but I didn't have reason to intersect with the organization throughout my career. So I began to do, of course, a little bit of research on the organization, and I just got really excited by the mission. And here's the other coincidence. Uh, One of the board members here at Hadley, um, his wife was one of my board members at the cradle. Um, So I called him. I said, Scott, what do you think? Do you think this is a job I should go for? And he said, yeah, absolutely. I went ahead and I submitted my my resume. And you know, it's there was a a, an executive search firm who was handling the recruitment and. I had heard a lot from this firm over the years. Anytime there was a child welfare position open, you know, I would get the email asking if I knew anybody who might be interested. But I would never have gotten any alert from them regarding the Hadley job because I wasn't in the blindness field. I was in a different field. So the fact that just this coincidental conversation happened was was just really kind of something. I was the out-of-the-box candidate because I'm new to the blindness field. I mean, I had 35, almost 40 years of experience in human services, but not in this field. But I think what was interesting to the board, Hadley, is that at the cradle, we had a very robust um, and global distance learning product. So I knew about distance learning and how that applies in the not-for-profit sector. We want to learn more about Hadley. How did the school get its start? This was literally a grassroots effort. Our founder, William Hadley, was a high school teacher who lost his sight completely later in life. He was in his 50s. But he was an avid 
reader and lifelong learner. He learned Braille, and that allowed him to continue to enjoy doing the things he loved most, particularly reading and studying. Now, here's the part that we don't have much information on, but we know that he came in contact with a blind housewife in Kansas, and she had also lost her sight and wanted to continue her lifelong learning. So he undertook to teach her Braille by mail. So she was the first correspondence student. And I guess word got out about the success of this venture. And Bill Hadley's ophthalmologist, uh, was also a friend and neighbor, encouraged Bill to build this organization and offer more services. So that is, that's how we got started. It is certainly a treasure for the blind community. As I mentioned earlier, Hadley's mission, I'm just going to read it one more time, quote, is to create personalized learning opportunities that empower people to thrive at home, at work, and in their communities, end quote. How does Hadley do just that? So, Brian, we continue to be a correspondence organization, but the way we have grown is that now the content that we deliver, we deliver in different formats. We still teach Braille by mail, and we teach other courses by mail as well. And the formats for those mail courses might be Braille, it might be large print, it might be audio. But then in addition, dating back to the early 2000s, we started putting some of our content online with the introduction of online, with particularly access technology. Taking content, taking courses from us online is much more within reach for our blind and visually impaired learners. Frankly, we see growth in the online portion. We have a wide range of topics. Most of our students, Brian, come to us because they are pursuing personal enrichment. We have courses on things like container gardening. We teach Spanish. We teach basic composition. We teach creative writing. But then in addition, we have some very academic courses, um, whether it's you know, world geography or American history and government. Uh, some of our courses are three or four modules. Other courses can be 15 or 20, uh, depending upon the complexity of the topic. As you would expect, our Braille courses in particular tend to be multi-lesson courses because there we're teaching really important skill. All of our courses are guided by individual instructors. Now, in addition to the coursework, we also offer a very wide suite of programs, particularly aimed at helping folks who have low vision learn how to navigate their world, particularly how to live independently. We have a dedicated website, lowvisionfocus.org. Um, where we'll help you organize your medical medicine cabinet um, or just give you tips how to, how to continue to do gardening or how to change the lighting in your living room so that it's more um, comfortable and conducive. And then finally, uh, we have a very extensive library of recorded webinars on a topic, everything from how to cook to how to write a resume, how to interview for a job. They're all available on Hadley's website. What is Hadley's website? Hadley.edu. And how do you sign up to take any classes on that site? 
So to take an actual course, there is an enrollment process. And you can fill out the enrollment application, also mail you a hard copy. I will confess to you that the enrollment process is one that we're trying to simplify to make it easier for learners to get faster access. But that's, we're in the process of redesigning that. But be patient with us. If you're interested in a course, go ahead, enroll. If you have any difficulty with the enrollment process, you can contact us through the website. To look at our, our webinars or any of our videos online, you could just go to the site and click on whatever video or recorded webinar you want to watch or listen to. Now, there is no enrollment process that is required there. That makes sense. What are distance education's advantages? So the main advantage of distance education, there, there are two big ones. The first is anytime, anywhere. It is at your fingertips. So it's very, very convenient. And we talk about two types of, of distance education. There's synchronous and asynchronous. Um, synchronous education is when you're going through a, a particular set of content with a cohort of other students. Asynchronous is when you're studying as an individual student. And currently, Hadley, we only offer the asynchronous classes. So we sometimes we talk about classrooms of one. Um, you're one-on-one -on -one with a teacher. Um, so it's extremely convenient. The second advantage is what we call just-in-time learning. So let me talk a little bit about the disadvantage of distance ed. We know that live instruction by a very capable teacher is very impactful. The best kind of education blends both the live training and online training. We cleverly call it blended education. And that's where the just-in-time learning concept comes in. So you might have been working with a live instructor on a particular skill. If there's a course on that skill online and you just want to refresh your memory, then you just go to that online course. You know, maybe it's 10 o'clock at night, you're still awake, and boom, you can refresh what particular aspect of that skill that you might have might have lost. It's convenient, it's accessible, and it's literally just in time. But obviously there's some skills that really require a live instruction, O&M skills, of course, in particular. But where we can do a blended approach, that's where we're trying to. It's kind of where we're going. What does that make sense? High, yes, it does. What, what about the high mm -hmm. school program? Um, I hear that's being dropped. Yes, we had made the decision to discontinue accepting enrollments into the high school program. Of course, we're maintaining our commitment to students who are in that program presently. And thank you for the opportunity, Brian, to address this. History of the high school program is important here. Uh, we developed this program really as far back as the 1940s because so many blind and visually impaired high school students were not able to get the education they needed from their local schools, and not everybody was able to go to a school for the blind. But as, as the world changed, as advocacy efforts um, became effective, and legislation such as the Individuals with Disabilities Education Act was passed, making schools more accountable for serving all of their students, Fewer and fewer students were coming and were, or needed the high school program. And, you know, and as we just said, in an ideal world, live teaching really is best. We're serving fewer students and 
what we found is that most of the students who are coming to us with a high school diploma, Brian, really were students who weren't able to get their high school diplomas as youngsters. The average age, for example, of our high school program is 28 years old. So we're mainly working with students who are just trying to close that gap. And that's an important one. We certainly understand the importance and the desirability of having a high school diploma. But at the same time, we realized that curricula in high school has really changed and advanced and has become much more rigorous than in the past. I mean, I'd like to think of myself somewhat as a youngster, even though I'm not. Mm. Um, And even I know watching my kids go through high school, they were learning in elementary school what I learned in high school. They learned in high school what I learned at college. In order to continue to offer the type of high school program that really spoke to what it means to have a high school diploma, we would have had to overhaul our entire content. That was just an extremely expensive proposition. You know, and again, as I said, today, adolescents are pretty much able to get their, their high school diplomas and those who aren't um, able to do it at the, high, at the local level. Often um, these students, Brian, have multiple disabilities. And in those cases, distance education really doesn't work for them. I mean, these are students who really benefit from a live one-on-one teacher. Does that make sense? That makes sense because all the states around the country, they keep changing those state standards. Exactly. Exactly, Ryan. Um, it's, it really is kind of a moving target. But we do, we absolutely value the opportunity to, to interact with our students. One of the things we're going to look at, we, we have to investigate this as well, is what can we do to help learners really get ready for a GED program? Um, because it certainly is important to, to be employment ready. So that's something we'll explore. You were talking about personal enrichment classes. We're going to get into adult continuing education now. You have courses in this area, in housekeeping, cooking for independent living, and even socializing and dining. How does Hadley's faculty teach these classes? Well, the, thank you again. Um, the The content is 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 there. It's written. The curricula is designed um, with our faculty and by curriculum designers and then given over to instructional designers to put into formats that um, really speak to the topic. But at the end of the day, um, when it comes to learning, one of the unique aspects of Hadley is that the students get the opportunities to interact individually with teachers. Now, you know, as you remember from your own school days, every teacher has a slightly different approach to how they they interact with their students. So some of our teachers are on the phone with students a lot. Other teachers will go back and forth through email. And then several of our teachers have weekly office hours where groups of students can get together and talk with the with the teacher and talk with each other. You know, Brian, one of the things that um, I feel really strongly about is that we take for granted, and it's obvious, that students learn from teachers. But what we have to remember is that in, in most education settings, students are learning from each other, too. I mean, a robust classroom with a lot of dialogue and interaction, kind of everybody's learning from each other. And, you know, good teachers will tell you that they learn from their students also. So one of the things we're looking at is to find ways that we can build in even more interactivity and engagement um, so that we can maybe create larger virtual classrooms. 
So that's on the to-do list. Um, we haven't gotten there yet, but it is something that we feel very strongly about and we're excited about tackling as an issue. So stay tuned. A couple of years down the road, I hope that we can come back and talk about our, about this program. We do and we'll get, we will and we will get virtual here. You've yeah. also got classes for people to help them cope with their vision loss. You've even got ones for parents and educators of blind kids. Talk about some of those. So, yeah, thank you for, um, again, we haven't really talked about prof- the professionals. We, again, have um, a very robust suite of courses that professionals who are working um, with with people of any age, whether it's it's school-aged children or older adults. Uh, we call these methods courses. It's, you know, it's train the trainer kinds of courses. So we, we have Braille teaching methods for children. We have Braille teaching methods for adults. Uh, and we're doing more and more to offer um, content for professionals of any level who are working with blind and visually impaired people. And as you know, Brian, um, the baby boomer generation um, we're really hitting the demographics. You know, we're, we occupy now a big chunk of, of the population and age-related vision loss. And, you know, we, uh, I certainly know from the experience of my mom, my friends' moms, older individuals interact with all kinds of professionals, not just blindness professionals. So we are building more and more content for people who, are, who support older individuals, whether it's a, a care companion or a certified nurse aide or an activities therapist in a senior community, we're trying to educate them as well about how to help their their clients uh, work with low vision. Um, So it's pretty exciting. Very exciting indeed. Speaking of professionals, you've got the Hadley Institute for Professional Studies. Quickly tell us about these classes. Yeah, and so many of the classes that I just described fall into that category. Um, Transitioning to... UEB, for example, is one of our biggest. We had thousands of professionals um, take that take that course, particularly last year when it was was just um, introduced. Um, but again, mainly most of the methods classes are really appropriate for professionals. One of our newest classes is a course on eccentric viewing. Um, so that teaches professionals their clients who have um, age-related macular macular degeneration. Um, learn to use whatever peripheral vision they have in order to continue to view their world. Uh, But it's a special technique and has to be taught in a very special way. And we've got classes on business writing, law, and finance. We sure do. The courses that are involved really do give people the basics of business. Uh, Now, some of our students are going to, they have that entrepreneur work for myself kind of bug. Um, so we, we point some of our classes in particular at helping people who want to start or run their own businesses. So we teach you how to write a, a business plan, how to do market research, um, et cetera. Um, not everybody has, has what it takes to be an entrepreneur, um, but everybody can benefit from the basics of business law, finance, or whatever. One of our more famous students was George Shearing who was a very popular jazz pianist. Um, and Mr. Shearing was, I think it was Lord Shearing, I beg your pardon, or Sir Shearing, Sir George. He credits our business law class for helping him when he started to record his music. 
because it allowed him to know how to negotiate his contracts so that he got maximum benefit from his recording label. You never know, right, who you're going to impact and and how that's going to play out. This is great stuff. I mean, Hadley has got a lot to offer. Now, are the faculty, do they bring a lot of experience of their own for each of the subjects? They sure do. You know, and again, thinking back to our everybody's own experience in um, in education, you know, how many of us remember that one or two, three, hopefully a lot of teachers who just had a passion for their topic? Um, you know, you, if you're going to be in education, you have to love your subject matter and you have to love your students. And here at Hadley, we're so lucky to have, we have about 30 instructors um, who fit, fit those categories. And these are really dedicated uh, professionals who take this work quite seriously. Um, many of our faculty work remotely. They work out of their homes. Um, it's not necessary for them to be here on site. Um, so we really are able to, to cover, cover a wide range of topics because we can, we can work with subject matter experts wherever they are. So what's the if, cost for enrolling and taking classes with Hadley? Well, here's the good news, is that we are a tuition-free program. So we don't charge our students um, to take our content. It's all made available free of charge. Uh, now, if you are a professional who has to, who's, who's taking our courses as a requirement for continuing education units, some of those courses do have a, a fairly low tuition um, fee. But for anybody other than a professional, all of our content is made available to you completely free of charge. That's excellent. How do our listeners contact you or anybody at Hadley if they have any questions? Go to hadley.edu. That is that is the or or send us an email at info at hadley.edu and we'll get back to you. Fabulous. Is there anything else you'd like to add? No, again, I thank you for this opportunity. Um I encourage your listeners to keep their eye on us. As I said, we're we're making some changes here. We're looking down the road at making our content uh, more available on on mobile devices, um, shorter so that you can take a course while you're on a a train going wherever, uh, and more engaging. We're going to have some fun with what we do in the future. Yep, on the train, on the plane, on the road, Hadley is for you. That's right, Brian. Thank you. Julie, I think that you and the Hadley Institute for the Blind and Visually Impaired help offer something unique to the blind and visually impaired and their families for lifelong learning. Thanks That's so the idea. Joining. Yeah, thanks so much for joining us today. And before we go, listeners, I welcome your comments on this program. Just visit and like me on Facebook at Speaking Out for the Blind or follow me on Twitter at Speak Out for the Blind. You can also check out my website, that's speakingoutfortheblind.weebly.com. More information on today's show is posted there. Just look under the list of episodes and show news tab. My email address is speakout at acbradio.org, and my show archive is at acbradio.org slash speaking-out-for-the-blind. Please note that there is a link located at the top half of the page and below the heading that says Home Speaking Out for the Blind, where you can subscribe to the podcast feed and listen to Speaking Out for the Blind shows, ranging from episode 94 to the present. That's all for this edition of Speaking Out for the Blind. Thanks for listening, and remember to speak out.
Here at ACB Radio Mainstream, we are always working to improve the quality of our programming. If you have any feedback about anything you have heard here on ACB Radio Mainstream, please let us know by sending an email to support at acbradio.org. That's support at acbradio.org. You are listening to ACB Radio Mainstream, connecting the blind community. Listen to Eyes on Success for information about products, services, and daily living tips for people with visual impairments. We cover everything from the latest advances in adaptive technology to discussions of various jobs, sports, and hobbies. Eyes on Success is aired on ACB Radio Wednesdays at 10 p.m. Eastern and repeated every two hours until 8 p.m. Thursday. I'm Nancy Goodman-Torpy. And I'm Pete Torpy. We We hope hope you'll you'll join us. The American Council of the Blind has established the Legacy Society to honor and recognize individuals who have communicated their intentions to include ACB in their estate plans via a bequest or another type of planned gift. We want to acknowledge individuals for including ACB in their will while they are still living so that we can thank them for their commitment to perpetuating ACB's good work for years to come. Says ACB President Kim Charlson, more information about the Legacy Society and how you can help is available from Tom Tobin, Director of Development at ttobin, T-T-O-B-I-N, at acb.org, or by phone at 800-424-8666, option 5. Thank you for listening to ACB Radio and for considering ACB's future financial needs. ACB Radio.